welcome to Biblical Insights. I'm your host, Pat Fisk. This is where God's Word is proclaimed, and we are definitely unashamed. We tackle issues that are trying to steer our culture away from God. As we watch TV, whether it's the news or one of our favorite shows, the goal, it appears, is to not just entertain us anymore, but the goal is to indoctrinate us. God's Word is clear. The Christian voice is being silenced, or so they wish. Tolerance is no longer tolerable. It's time to take a stand and be the voice we're meant to have. Sit down, buckle up. It's going to get bumpy, so hold on. Let's go. Hey, welcome to Biblical Insights. My name is Pat Fisk. I'm going to be your host tonight. And as always, we're going to dive into God's Word. We're in a series right now. We're talking about spiritual growth. What does it look like? What are some of the aspects of spiritual growth? As a believer, when we when we first come to Christ, uh, there is uh, a discussion between like Calvinist and Arminianists. Calvinists believe that regeneration comes before you have faith, and it's because of that regeneration that you have faith. Uh, an Armenia standpoint, and and they believe in this predestined. You're going to go to heaven and go to hell. It has nothing to do with you. It is your. It's not your choice. You didn't make anything. You didn't do anything. Uh, uh, and if they they actually think they believe that faith by you having faith is a is a works. Uh, it is something that you do, and it is a works. So it's not only what God does, uh, but it's also you have to do something too, which is false. Faith is not a works. There's multiple scriptures that uh, tell that faith in itself is not a work. So, but beside the point, what they believe that you are regenerated first, then you have faith in that logical time excuse me, that logical timeline. And it doesn't, I'm not talking about regeneration and then uh, months later you develop faith. It's like simultaneous, but logically speaking, regeneration comes before faith. Well, that's the the view of the, the, the Calvinist. Where I stand is faith precedes, comes before uh, the regeneration process. You got to hear the word. You've got to have it preached to you. And then you build your faith, you, you come to Christ, and then God regenerates, renews your mind, and your old individual, your old man is left buried, and your new man is what you are right now. We are a new creation in Christ. We need to renew our mind. So with that, it's spiritual growth is just an, another aspect of discipleship. When we're talking that when, when Christ left, he told us that we are to go baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, baptizing them and making disciples of all kindreds of time. We're, that's what we're supposed to do. We're not just supposed to make baby Christians and then poof, let them on their way. We're not supposed to do that. We are supposed to, we, we're not supposed to, but we, when, when we bring people to Christ, and it's not just us, but it's the Holy Spirit using us, the, and, and God's using us to bring his message to the people, 
just like God used the Jews, the Israelites, to bring salvation to the Gentiles. And that is the word mystery in the Bible. It is, uh, if you guys use a program, uh, I'm pretty sure I, I use eSword. I also use Logos uh, Bible software. But if you Google, or not Google, but if you search in the New Testament, the word mystery, singular mystery, it's going to show up 22 times. It's not going to be in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. Uh, 22 times up the the word mystery appears. And if you look at plural mystery, mysteries, right? I-E-S, mysteries, plural, it shows up five times. Okay, how many letters are in the Hebrew alphabet? 22. How many times does the word mystery shows up? 22. And there are also final forms of the Hebrew alphabet. It means when a letter, five of the letters, when they show up at the end of a word, it looks different. It's called a final form. And every time the word mysteries, plural, shows up five times. Guess how many times uh, or how many final forms of the Hebrew alphabet there are? Five. Is that a quinky dink? I don't think so. Okay, God's planned it that way. And if you look at the, the Hebrew alphabet, when it, it shows up in, I say chronological, but our Bible's not technically in chronological order. But when it shows in, uh, uh, in the order of appearance, the word mysteries, you take the first time it looks or it comes up in the Bible, and it has the same meaning as the first letter of the alphabet. Second letter, same meaning. Third letter, same meaning. So if you look at each one of those, uh, it shows up as the meaning of that corresponding Hebrew letter. It's amazing. Anyways, that's kind of off topic. It just came to mind when I was talking about spiritual growth and uh, faith and the mystery that's revealed in the New Testament is that God predestined or foreknew, planned, according to his will, that the Gentiles would come to salvation. It wasn't just to the Jews, it was also to the Gentiles. That's the mystery. So discipleship, how does that tie into discipleship? Well, I'm not sure, but it does. It's actually kind of cool. So you look at true spiritual growth demands a renewal of the mind and character. So let's look at Romans 12. So Romans 12 and verses 1 and 2. So let's pop that over. Romans 12 verses 1 and 2. And it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So, what does he tell us that we're supposed to do? Okay, we are supposed to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. That means we are giving our body to Christ for his purpose. Is that amazing or what? I think it's just absolutely, when we are renewing our mind. How do we renew our mind? Through God's word. That's how we're supposed to do it. Some people watch videos and that's how they study. They, they drill in their head. They watch videos constantly 
And that's what they do. That's how they get into God's Word. Some people aren't into reading. If I could uh, show you my library on both sides of me, I love to read. Uh, I didn't like to read until I started reading a bunch of Ted Decker books. And Ted Decker is a Christian author, mystery, and absolutely loved his work. And that got me really fired up and started reading a lot of his stuff. And I just, I fell in love with reading and I can't get enough of it. I love to read. I have so many books. I'll, I'll find a book. It's like, oh man, I got to get it. I get it. And then I get another book and then I get another book. So I have sometimes three and four books at a time uh, going as I'm reading. I read a lot about cancel culture in America today, which is uh, absolutely horrendous, but it's being brought to light. Some of the stuff that's going on in our country right now. Uh, and I'm not going to make this political. I refuse to make this podcast political. And I will sometimes speak on political issues and how it affects our culture and with a Christian viewpoint, but I'm not going to be uh, trashing on individuals uh, in a political aspect. I'm not going to do that because uh, this is biblical insights where how do we look at our culture through the lenses of the Bible and I want to make sure that people understand that Christianity is not going anywhere, that it is being attacked, but it doesn't have to be. But we need to be strong in God's word. We need to be able to defend his word. And that is where discipleship and that's where just spiritual growth comes into play. Spiritual growth is a large aspect of discipleship. Okay, Discipleship is a commitment on a believer to what? Grow in the knowledge of Christ. And it says right here, <clears throat> excuse me, let's transfer it. Let's look at it again. Okay. What does it say? It says that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So it's supposed to be holy and acceptable to God. That's not, that's our mind. Okay. That's our mind. That's our body. We're supposed to keep our bodies pure. Okay, not getting into this uh, no like pornography or anything that is uh, sexual lewdness, uh, fornication. Uh, I mean, you name it. All these different things supposed to be pure before God. Okay, and it's not just that. And do not be conformed to this world. We need to stay away from this world. We need to make sure that what's going on in our culture right now that we need to stand firm. Okay. And also, but be, here's right here, transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we do that? Okay. How do we renew our mind? We renew our mind by reading God's word. Okay. Because if you think about it and anyone, you guys probably realize that when you avoid a situation, let's say a loved one, or you, you avoid, uh, just a situation in general. The longer the time span from the original event as it goes on and on and on, it's harder and harder to address that situation with that individual. The longer that it goes by, if it happens, yeah, you're angry or you go right at it. But then as it goes on and on and on and on, you're like, wow, it gets harder to actually do something and say something to the individual. Well, it's the same thing. We, we need to renew our mind and get into God's word. And if we continually get our, are in his word every single day, 
Okay, we're not going to have time. We're not going to give Satan the, the the time or the space to invade uh, our mind and and tempt us into doing stuff that we're not supposed to be doing. Okay, because if we keep our mind and our thoughts focused on Him, even at work, I mean, do your job, do your job, but not just be this whole. Mr. Christian all the time and all this. No, I mean, we, we've got to be normal citizens and stuff, but you know what? Have a like-minded, do everything you do and do it unto the Lord. Whatever you do, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Okay. Keeping your mind pure, renewing your mind. Okay. That means get rid of those old stinky thoughts that you had and put a new mind, the mind of Christ and, and have him as your focus. That's what we're supposed to do. So true spiritual growth demands a renewal of the mind and character, okay, in which the goal is to become like our teacher. Who's our teacher? When it comes to discipleship, what is the main goal? The main goal is you bring a new believer into your small group or however you want to set it up. You have that small group and then you build on that faith. They heard the gospel message that Christ uh, died for our sins, rose again, and is with us constantly. Okay. He's, he declared and promised that he will never depart us. Okay. The Holy Spirit is, was sent to us as a guarantee. He has a guarantee on us that once God started a good work in us, that he's going to complete it. Okay. You cannot, for all you people that think you can lose your salvation, you can't. Okay, because once God starts a good work in you, uh, Romans, uh, Romans 8, uh, Romans 8, 27 or 8, 29, 27, 28, 29, what God starts, okay, we can't stop. Once he started a good work in you, whom he foreknew, he predestined, whom he predestined, he called, whom he called, he justified, and then obviously after justification when we're made right through Christ there's that sanctification sanctification process and after sanctification he glorified so once he started that good work in you he's going to continue it and there's no breaking that chain cuz he said once i started then he's going to do this then he's going to do this and then finally glorification when we get to heaven you cannot lose your salvation period Okay, I don't care who you are, who what you think. Okay, I, that's the one aspect of uh, Armenianism that I that I absolutely disagree with. There's so many scriptures, and I did a did a podcast on that. Go back and look. You cannot security uh, of of the uh, the believer. You cannot lose your salvation. So, but what is our goal? Our goal is to have bring our believer. Okay, our new believer. They could have been in the church for 15, 20 years but never got into and never was discipled. And meaning you learn the principles of discipleship to basically gather all this information, be able to use this information, but then turn around and share it to give it to somebody else. Discipleship is not something that you keep and you hoard like it's my precious. No, you don't. This is something that you get and you give away. Okay, just like Alcoholics Anonymous. This is nothing that you keep. This is something that you get, you acquire, and you give it away to someone because then you're going to multiply that and you're going to encourage that individual to go forward and do the same thing. Bring in, disciple, mentor somebody, mentor a young one and a young believer so they go out 
and do the same thing and multiply and then they will do it and then they will do it and then that's how we build the kingdom of god not our kingdom but his kingdom okay that's what we're supposed to do so our goal is to be like what we're supposed to be teaching people our goal is to be like christ christ came he was the ultimate the ultimate example of how we're supposed to be how we're supposed to treat others how we're supposed to treat ourselves <clears throat> excuse me so we're supposed to be like christ but as members of his body the church there are goals to attain okay so as a church body we we have goals that we that we need to be doing and we fall short when it comes to discipleship training our young ones we can train these people to have this big head knowledge okay but have that knowledge going from here to here miles apart miles apart is we don't know how to apply what we're learning and what we're reading and, and how we put God's word into our hearts and into practice, it's useless. Why bother? We are supposed to take his word and put tracks on it, put wheels on it, move it. Go, go from the bleachers, okay? You're in the bleachers. You're a ble you are, use that analogy of football, okay? You start off, you're in the bleachers. You're, you're seeing something and you're like, oh, that kind of looks interesting. Talking about being a Christian, it looks interesting. Uh, then you go from being a, excuse me, you go from the bleachers to, oh man, I got the hiccups. Sorry about that. You go from the bleachers, then you go to the sidelines. Okay. You're, you're not in the game yet. You're still learning. So you went from being in the bleachers. Now you're a believer, but you're on the sidelines. You're like, what do I do? Okay. Then we're going to teach you how to go from the sidelines and actually put some skin in the game, get in the game, get active, share in your faith with unbelievers and go and do what Matthew 28, what, what Christ told us to do is to go make disciples and not baby Christians making disciples and teaching them how to do the same thing. So this is where we need to get in the game. Okay, and this is where the church comes in. The church is a body with many members. And, and I'm not metaphorically just talking about individuals that are in your church, but each individual might have a skill. Some people can't, uh, this would frighten them to death to sit in front of a camera and speak and and have have people that you're talking to and, and share your faith. That would freak people out. Well, you know what? That's okay. Because not everyone's meant to... Uh, be a public speaker. That's just not for everyone. Uh, some people love it. I don't mind. I love being able getting up and if I see something and I truly believe in it, I can get behind it. I can, I don't, I don't want to use the word sell it, but I can sell it. And we don't have enough people that can actually put the skin in the game. They want to sit on the pews and not participate okay 20 percent of the people do 80 percent of the work in a job setting okay and then the other 80 percent will do 20 percent of the work so you have burnout in churches where you have a few select individuals that are eager to do stuff for the church but then 
after a while they get burnt out and they're not wanting to participate anymore because of that burnout. And that is something that we need to try to avoid and uh, relieve these individuals. I don't know where you are right now. I know there's people all across the United States and uh, I know people in Great Britain. I've got people in Brazil, uh, Ireland, <clears throat> uh, uh, South Africa that are listening. So whatever church you're in and you are not a participant and active in whatever ministry, we need to get active, get active in the ministry. Okay. I've encouraged, I do the AV at my church. I encourage people to come up, Hey, get involved in this. Okay. It is, it's fun and it's very rewarding to be part of the church and to be active and be part of the ministry. So that's what we're supposed to be doing. So the church is a body with many members in which every member is important. Hear, hear me on this one. Every member is important. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's going to be a long read. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and it's going to be verses 12, 22. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, did I get it right? Yeah. Chapter 12, verses 12 through uh 22. So right here, for as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body. Okay. We're all one body in Christ also, or so also is Christ. Verse 13, for by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free and all have been made to drink into one spirit. So we're all part, we're all one in this whole member of the, the church, not just talking about your local church, but the church. But we, what I'm looking at right now is your local church. Okay. For in fact, verse 14, for in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot said, <clears throat> should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would we be hearing? Hmm. And if the whole, uh, oops, sorry about that, were hearing, where would we be smelling? But not at, but no, but now God has set the members, each one of them in the body just as he pleased. There was a purpose for this. So, and if they were all one member, where would the body be? Okay. Verse 20. But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the one eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor uh, again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. And finally, verse 22. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Okay. So what is he saying? Okay. It's very clear in the body of Christ. We have so many different individuals and they have personalized individual talents. Not everyone has the gift of, uh, just look at the, the, the gifts, speaking in tongues, interpretations, prophecy, uh, hospitality, anything like that. 
not everyone has these different individual talents and abilities, okay? But what they do have is important. Every single person. I'm not a guitar player. I play the drums, but I'm not a guitar player. I can't get up in front of church and play the guitar, guitar and sing. Why do you think I hide behind the drums? Because I can't sing. Okay, I hide behind my cymbals. I hide behind the drums. That's why I like them having all around me. You can't see me. I hide because uh, I, I don't sing. Okay, God hasn't talented or or gifted me, graced me with a, with a beautiful singing voice. I'm sorry. I just don't have it. Okay, but everybody has a talent to bring to the table and and every single one is no important, not less important than the other. The sound guy, just important as the preacher, because without the sound, <clears throat> excuse me, without the sound guy, you can't hear the preacher. So, without the preacher, if if God hasn't given you the talent to to be able to read God's word and translate it into uh, a understandable, tangible message where you can take it from word to speech, tell someone about it and tell them and show them how they can apply God's word to our individual lives. Okay. That is huge. Not everyone can do that though. So everyone is important. And then the janitor, whoever cleans up afterwards, that is a task. Whoever makes a coffee, Kai, she makes great coffee. Just going to throw it out there. Uh, but the thing is, is everyone has their own talent and God's gifted, gifted them with that specific talent. And I'm not just saying, oh, that's the only talent that uh, a certain individual has. But you know what? Someone has been given the, the, the talent of uh, uh, hospitality. Okay. That's what they really focus on. They love serving people. Okay. Good. We need people like that. I love sitting behind the computer in church and running the, the screens. I love doing that. I love running the cameras, bouncing back and forth, scripture, him, close up, wide shot. I love doing it. That is my fun thing. I That is something that God's given me and I absolutely enjoy doing it. And I'm, I love sharing that with somebody else too. Absolutely love it. But remembering that every member is important. Okay. We need that. Okay. In which not every member has the same function. Let's look at Romans 12, and I think I've already read that. Romans 12. Uh, let's go Romans 12, and I want to say, uh, let's go with verse 3. Uh, Romans 12, verse 3. And then, so look at that, Romans 12. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dwelt. <clears throat> Excuse me. To each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. Finally, verse 5. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, okay? So, so we're not all the same thing. We're not, that's, the th that's, that's the whole key here, okay? Everyone, we're all in the same body, okay? 
but not every member has the same function in that body. Like arms use different than legs. Preachers do something different. Uh, trying to get my pastor behind this, behind the computer, behind the camera and run it, he would just like be a deer in the headlights, okay? I love my pastor. That's just not his thing. You put books in front of him or you put uh, and task him with uh, giving uh, the most phenomenal presentation on God's word and defending God's word in a gazillion different ways. That's him. Okay. And he has a huge heart, but when it comes to tech savvy stuff, that's just not him. That's not his gold. And that's not something that he wants to push. Okay. That is not his thing. And you want, and I respect that. And that doesn't make him better or worse. That doesn't make me better or worse that that is something that I do, but we need to understand that everyone has talents and everyone has a different talent, and we need to respect that, in which every member must do his part. So when we have these different talents, we need to step up and and actually share that talent because we're kind of, if you think about it, if if we have certain talents that that God has given us and we're not using them, man, we're kind of robbing our church. We're kind of robbing our, our local church body if we're not, uh, not sharing that, which, that, which God has given us. So let's think about that for a second, that God gives us these different talents. My drumming is, you know what I did? I played the drums for churches and stuff like that for quite a few years. And I realized I got too prideful and I'll be honest, I got too prideful behind the drums. And I, I, I think God, uh, realized that I realized that. And I said, Nope, I can't play the drums anymore. Okay. I play them for myself. I don't play them for the churches anymore. I stay behind the scenes and that's where I like it. I do this podcast because I want to share things. I don't care how many likes and how many shares and stuff like that I do. If I can reach one individual and with what I'm saying and it makes sense, you know what? Thank you. I have a, I have an audience of one, but you guys are definitely welcome to bring, uh, to be part of my study. And if I can reach one person and change that one person's life and to focus on God and make him number one, then what I do is worth it. Okay. Absolutely worth it. I don't have to have a million uh, views, a million likes, or be making money and stuff like that on YouTube or within my podcast. I, that's not my thing. Okay. My thing is just sharing God's word and Hopefully what I'm saying makes sense. And hopefully what I'm saying is actually going to touch someone. Okay. That is my goal. So when we look at, uh, and, and every member must do his part, I, I think that's key. I think we're robbing others of the joy that someone might share with us. And that's how I look at it. You are robbing others to enjoy, uh, what you have and appreciate what you have to bring to the table. So let's take a look at uh, Ephesians 4.16. Uh, that is Ephesians 4.16. And it says, uh, let's switch over. And it says, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth, of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Okay. I mean, that's, I don't even have to explain that. 
you can just look at that and look and it says according to the effective working by which every part does its share what does it do it causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love so by by these individuals that are sitting uh just just sitting in the pews not doing anything they have talent they have things to offer to the church and to the body of christ and I think they're kind of robbing other people by by not a lot by not doing it and robbing us to to uh, partake in and value and enjoy what they have. I just I don't know how else to say that. So the Lord's church grows only as each member does his or her part in the body of Christ. which is hugely important. I, I just can't, I can't say that enough. So as members of the body, we have to grow. We must find and develop our unique functions in the body of Christ and through discipleship. Okay. And then let's look at, uh, what is it? Romans. Let's look at Romans 12 again. We're going to spend a little bit of time in Romans. I'm, I'm actually been uh, spending a lot of time in Romans because of, in Ephesians, because of, I have a really good friend uh, who is a Calvinist and I absolutely respect him. Okay. Uh, do I think he's wrong? Uh, yeah. Well, and I think my pastor and I, we disagree. I'm pre-trib. He's post-trib. Uh, we disagree on that. And, and you know what? And that's fair. That's not a salvational uh, issue, whether you're post-trib or pre-trib. Okay. Uh, and I told him, I mean, when I get up there, I'll save a spot for him. Uh, so I, I'm, I don't hold it against them. I'll just make sure I save a good spot for them up there when I get up there first. But I think when it comes to, uh, man, I think when it comes to the Calvinist view or you're predestined, my job would be so easy. Why would I be sharing? It doesn't logically make sense. Why would I be sharing this message and stuff? If, if God's already determined, however you want to say it, whether it was arbitrary or what, if he's already determined that these individuals are going to go to heaven and these individuals are going to go to hell, and you do not have the ability to freely choose to accept or reject the gospel, why am I preaching? Why am I sharing the good news? And what the Calvinists will say was, well, because we're commanded to. So you're, that's, that's just redundancy. Okay, it is just busy work. Okay, why are we? And you know, and I mean no disrespect to God Himself. I don't, but I don't see the Scripture saying that. Okay, because there's too many Scriptures that say just the opposite. So if we're to preaching is what to spreading God's word, but why are we spreading God's word if He's already determined who's going to go and who's not going to go? So as members of the body, we have to grow, okay? Growing is a choice, okay? We must find and develop our unique functions in the body of Christ, okay? So we're going to look at Romans 12, uh, 6. Yeah, Romans 12, 6 through 8. And right here, Romans 12, 6 through 8. Having gifts then differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them okay let us use them 
if prophecy, let us prof <clears throat> let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with libera liberality, he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So we we've got to find we've got to find our unique function in the body of Christ. Okay? And once we find it, for some, it may be laboring in the word. It means meaning preaching or teaching. And that might be the, the, the talent that God has given you. And you know what? Awesome. Do I love to preach? Do I love to share messages? Absolutely I do. Every chance I get, I will get behind the pulpit and teach. But my thing is, is I'm not here to lecture. My focus on how I teach is this is my Bible study. I'm welcoming, welcoming you into my Bible study. I've spent the time, however long it takes, to, to do a study, and I want to share what I've, what I've learned. So that is my, my mindset when I go into preaching the Word. But that's the thing, is we need to find that function. We need to find whatever that individual's talent is, and we need to develop that, that talent. If someone's really good behind the computer and filming or whatever, and I didn't know it, you know what? That's what I want to do. I want to bring that individual in and I want to, you know what? Let's, I don't want to use the word exploit, but let's develop that function. Let's make him one of the best cameramen. He's got the great eye for aesthetics in the back. Okay. He likes having uh, things very uh, symmetrical. As you can see back here, I like having my things. Uh, I like, symmetrical. I'm an artist. So that's what I like to do. I love to paint. And you know, when I, when I do a mural, when I do uh, airbrush, uh, it, I like having it symmetrical. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Same thing when we're viewing something like uh, on YouTube or we're, we go to a church service or whatever that, whatever that looks like behind the scenes. Well, guess what? That's what I want it to look. I want it to look good because you know what, if it looks good, people are more likely to to not turn away and they're going to watch it. If it's interesting, they're going to watch it. Okay. But that's just a, oh, like a small part. Content is what's really important when you're talking about in a church service. But for that same reason, laboring in the word, okay, develop it. If someone has that, that talent to be able to read God's word and be able to read it, discern it and relay it to someone in a uh, cohesive, uh, interesting way, you know what? Let's go behind that person. Let's get behind them and let's encourage them to do that. That is amazing. For others, it might be involved ministering to others, visiting services. It might be people that can go to different churches or go to nursing homes uh, or people that are shut in and stuff like that. That might be their talent. That might be just that. They like to go and visit, share. We have two individuals that are in our church. They, they go to a uh, nursing home. It's a adult living, I believe it is. And they go there, they trade off and they give a little Sunday service. Every Sunday, there's a church service in this, this nursing home. And it's amazing. That's their calling. That's what they love to do. And you know what? Amen for that. We need more people doing that. Okay. And for many, it might be involved 
<clears throat> excuse me, in uh, a multitude of talents and abilities. Someone might might love to sing, and you know what? And they might be a preacher too. They might like play the guitar, or you know what? They love to to organize uh, potlucks or whatever. They have that, that talent of organization and to be able to put things together in a systematic way. Great. And they might be awesome at a Sunday school teacher, but th this is what within our body, we need to find these people. We're not going to just take a baby Christian, come up here and just throw them into, I don't think that's, that's right. I think we need to develop them, get them kind of grounded in the word, <clears throat> excuse me. But at the same token, don't, hold them back if they really want to participate. You know what? Let them participate. Let them get involved because then once they get involved, that's going to help them build their structure too and build them and get them solid in Christ. So we must utilize our gifts or functions in the service of God. So take a look at 1 Peter. So we're going to go to 1 Peter. What is it? 1 Peter 4.10. So 1 Peter, if I can find it. 1 Peter 4.10. And then we're going to do 1 Peter 4, just 4, 10, and 11. So 1 Peter 4, 10, and 11. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Verse 11. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. That in all things, hold on a second. Uh oh, it froze. But in all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and the dominion forever. There it is. I think it kind of froze. Yep. All right. Yeah, it froze for a second. Anyways. So we've got to utilize our gifts and, and in a, uh, an organized, organized way. We can't just go in there and haphazardly, uh, throw our gifts out and, and not use them properly in an orderly manner and and it has to be in, in in such a way that glorifies god and glorifies uh that edifies and builds up the church because everyone has these those who speak do it as the oracles of god like it says those who serve with the strength of god supplies okay failing to grow okay brings reproach and we're going to look at Hebrews 5 and Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. So Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again for the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. <clears throat> Excuse me. For everyone, verse 13, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe, verse 14. But solid food belongs to those who are full age. That is, those who by reason use, or by reason of use, have their senses exercised 
uh, to discern both good and evil. So we're to obviously uh, use his word to grow. How do I say this? If we were in God's word every single day and we're, we're studying his word, we're reading it, we are doing everything we're supposed to do, we are going to go from that, the, the infant milk as being baby believers, and then we're going to start understanding these more hard doctrines and being able to discern God's word. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot understand spiritual matters, okay? And that is just biblical, okay? Trying to explain the hypostatic union or the kenosis to a brand new believer, they're going to be looking at you like, uh, what is that? So we start off on infant formula, okay? Start off with that. Then you slowly start moving into more solid foods, a little bit mushier. Then you get into a solid. Then you're going to get into the steak and, and potatoes and veggies. And that's the whole idea. That's my wife. I don't really get into the veggie part that much. But that's the whole idea is you, you start off slow and then build up. You shouldn't stay with the, the baby formula and stuff indefinitely because you're not growing. And the goal is to become Christ-like. And if you're not, uh, then we have a problem. Okay. Uh, Houston, we definitely have a problem here. And we need to uh, single out that problem. Why is this individual not growing? Well, maybe they're not involved in a, I don't know, a discipleship group. Okay. Maybe the, the small groups that we... Uh, that we should be having in our churches, maybe is not plugged in or she's not plugged into a church. Well, that's a problem and we need to address that, okay? Uh, maybe they don't know how. That's a, a good possibility. They don't know how to get plugged in. They don't know how to study God's word. They don't know how to grow and have that systematic, structured way of studying where I think is important. Other people's don't, okay? Fine. You don't, you don't think it's important to have a, a systematic, structured way. Some people think it's uh, legalistic or something like that. I personally don't. I, I personally like a structured, uh, trying to develop a structured way of studying God's word. It works for some. Sometimes it doesn't work for everybody. So uh, we don't want to be guilty of wasting what God has given us. Okay, That's just something that we we don't want to be guilty of, and we don't want to be told that, that we're wasting God's time. Uh, so the next thing we're going to look at is, is the challenge of reaching our functional goals and our functional goals in the body. What are our functional goals is the challenge to determine the functions of the body of Christ. Okay. Everyone has their function. So how do we achieve these goals? The challenge of determining our functions in the body of Christ. Not all members have the same function. What is mine? How do we determine what is my goal? What do you like to do? Okay, that's the whole thing. Uh, am I lacking in certain talents or are they just simply needing to be developed? Okay, again, if someone has this desire to be behind the pulpit, okay, well, you know what? Can they, are they a good speaker? Okay, can they articulate a message in a way that people can understand? Okay, 
Maybe they do. Okay, well, you know what? Bring them alongside. Let's teach that individual. Okay, what if someone wants to go behind the computer and wants to run that? What if they want to run the soundboard? That soundboard is very intimidating. There's a lot of dials and doodads and stuff like that. There's a lot of things. It, it intimidates me. I understand the basic principles of it, but it's still, it's intimidating. But if someone is lacking certain talents, then are they just needing to be developed or maybe they just don't have that that thing maybe someone loves to sing okay well maybe that person just should stay singing in the shower okay and not in front of a bunch of people okay that would that's me uh maybe that's a talent that i don't think god's given them so i don't know how else to say it maybe god just haven't given them that talent uh but let's explore other things that that individual might have and let's let's not just exploit it but yeah what if they have this other talent and they didn't even realize they had it's like wow let's work on that maybe they they have a design thing let's get them working on uh the announcements every sunday let them get uh, in front of the computer and let them let them go on that maybe that's something that they enjoy doing okay well let's develop that uh if that's what they love to do boom let's get them doing that so that's the thing is uh they might not be lacking for well, uh, no other way to say it but i'm not going to try to if someone doesn't have a singing voice and they're not i'm not going to get them behind a mic and and sing and sing and sing on a sunday morning if that's not them uh we're going to help them develop find out what their other talents what are their interests what other interests do they have besides that and I am truly uh, one talent. Am I just one talent individual or using that possibility as an excuse not to develop what I truly am capable of? Okay. I, I love doing a lot of different things. Uh, I love woodworking. I love, I love drawing. I love art. I love reading. I love playing the drums. Uh, Man, learning, I don't have a time. I, I, I picked up the saxophone to try to learn how to play the saxophone. I love the sound of it. Is it hard work? It is absolutely hard work. Hard to learn and stuff like that. It's got It takes dedicated, dedication of time and effort into playing the saxophone. And doing the podcast, I love doing this too. So I have a, a, bunch, of, a bunch of different talents that uh, I'm, and I'm doing. I, and I think that's the thing is we need to, find out the individuals in the church, what are their talents? Okay. What has God uh, gifted them with? And let's, let's work on that. Let's find out what these are. Let's explore these different talents. Okay. The challenge of developing our functions in the body of Christ. Okay. While some skills may come naturally to, to others, uh, others make some time and energy playing the drums. Okay. I've always at the dinner table, my dad hated it. Oh, man, it's like, quit playing the drums at the dinner table. Rawr, 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 rawr. It's like, oh, okay. And I'd be sitting there with my hands on my lap. Like that drove him batty. Uh, but I got the drums. It was just a natural thing. I, I loved music and I just, I had, a, I had a skill. I don't know how to read music. I don't. I've been playing the drums uh, now since 1983. I started playing the drums. Been playing them ever since. Okay. And I wish I could show you, but I got a nice, big 13-piece drum set right there. Okay? I play it for me, though. Nobody else. I play it for me because it's fun. Uh, but other talents, like reading, to be able to 
discern God's word, to understand, learning how to get behind a computer and, and navigate on the computer and do these different things. These are talents that I needed, uh, I needed help with. Uh, I needed someone to teach me how to do it, to get behind this computer and do, do the podcast using this program and stuff like that. I needed help. I, I did a lot of research and YouTube is amazing. Okay. Find anything on YouTube on how to do these things and just spend the time. If that's a passion of yours and you love doing it, just do it. Okay. Uh, uh, is my lack of development the result of indifference or laziness? Okay. If, am I lazy in church? Am I doing these things in, and I just don't want to do these things in church? Uh, I just don't like it. Am I selling myself short through negative? I can't do that. This negative self-talk. Oh, I can't, I can never learn that. I might be, I might want to do that, but oh, I can never do that. Okay. Uh, am I allowing the allurements of the world to preoccupy my time and energy? Yeah. And would, do I rather sit in front of the TV and watch soap operas and stuff like that than study God's word? I'm not telling you I watch soap operas. Okay. I want to make that very, very clear. It's actually watching cops. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I'm just saying, I mean, is this, are different things in, in the world uh, drawing us away from our talents that we have uh, that God's given us? Okay. It's, it's quite possible that God is just, or not God, but God is giving these talents, but we're being lazy and we're being drawn away from that. Okay. We need to be honest with ourselves. And indeed the day of judgment will reveal whether or not we have been honest. So, uh, and then you can look at the, the parable of the talents. Okay. What is, we're just being lazy. So, so a final thought on, uh, the, like congregational goals. We're going to try to end with this. I might go a little bit over it, but I'm going to try to end this tonight. So the congregational goals, individual growth is intertwined with church growth. So uh, a primary function in the church is edification of the saints. And that is, uh, and that is absolutely true. So let's look at, uh, what was it? Ephesians 4, and we're going to look at 11 through 16. So Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. And my program is kind of acting up on me. I don't know why it's doing that. But anyways, uh, so the primary function of the church is what? Is the edification of the saints, okay? And that is the primary goal. So let's take a look at, again, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. So uh, right there, Ephesians 4. <clears throat> and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for equipping, <clears throat> excuse me, for equipping the saints for the ministry uh, or for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about, with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may, ooh, that is such a key right there. Speaking the truth in love. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Okay, may grow up in all things into him who is the head 
Christ, verse 16, okay? From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causing growth of the body for what? For the edifying of itself in love. Okay. That was long. That was a mouthful. So the primary function of the church is the edification of the saints. When we're building up each other and edifying each other, I have, I, I, I try not to, and that is something gossip and try and talk uh, negative about people. That is something we cannot do. Okay. I can't stress it more in the church, in the body of Christ. We cannot be dogging on our fellow members. If you have a problem with someone, you better go to that person. Okay. And we're supposed to be building it up because as we're building, that's how we get. And I'm not talking about, Ooh, church growth. Let's see how many rear ends we can get in the pews. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about spiritual growth. I want, every one of the members of my church to be just this solid Christian, to be able to defend the Christian faith, be able to read a scripture, apply it to our lives, put wheels to it and hit the road. Okay. And be able to share that with other people. That is the idea of discipleship. And that is the idea of why we should be uh, uh, edifying each and every one of our church members. Love them share the truth. And, and that's one of the keys is uh, speaking the truth in love, growing up in all things in him, who is the head of, we are all part of the same body. Okay. All of us, we are a team. Okay. There are no bench warmers. Okay. Uh, another football analogy or whatever sports analogy we are not to be sitting on the bench just warming that seat, okay? Same thing goes to church. That is not what we're supposed to be doing. Walk in, sit down, enjoy a Sunday service, amen, walk out, okay? No, we're supposed to be fellowshipping. We're supposed to be encouraging. We're supposed to be building up. My goal this next year is to have multiple small groups, okay, meeting every single week, okay? developing leaders within our church and have small groups and building these out. And then once or twice a year, having these small groups obviously meet together. Well, that's a Sunday. Okay. Meet together. And what are we sharing? But the whole idea is you meet for so long and your, your group after a year or however, whatever time period you guys or you establish and determine should rotate out. So you get people in, new people in. Well, then at the end of the year, these people go and new other people come in. So your groups are constantly rotating. So you don't develop this cliquish thing. You are helping these individuals to become Christ-like. You're helping these individuals to become disciples who make disciples who make disciples. That is what church growth is about. And that's where you're going to see the true church growth that God talks about. Okay. 
and we are challenged to minister our gifts to one another. First Peter 4.11. So challenges us to use our, our gifts that God has given us. Okay. As we grow individually, so we grow as a church. Okay. If the, the, what we look at as what, what the world looks at as church growth is not what we're looking at as true evangelical Bible believing, Bible preaching Christians. Church growth is not just how many rear ends we can get sitting seating in our pulpits. That is not what church growth is about. Church growth is about bringing have a new person come in, okay, getting them grounded in the Word, okay, building them up spiritually so they have a solid foundation, and then sending them off into the world. Okay, and be able to defend Christianity and defend their faith, and then come back every Sunday or meet whenever throughout the week in your small groups and have them teach others to do the exact same thing. Okay, that is church growth. If I can look out and say, Yeah, I mentored that individual. Okay, he was one of my disciples, he was one that was in my group strong leader, took off, built another group, and look, oh, these are his people that he taught. We're not talking about building our own kingdom, okay? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is influencing other people's lives to train other people and in influencing other people's lives. That makes sense? Okay, Jesus was the first multi-level marketer. Started off with 12, then it went to 120, and then it went to 3,000, and guess where we are right now? Okay, That's the idea behind it. So church goals should incorporate individual goals. Congregational goals should allow for the fulfillment of individual goals. Okay, Providing encouragement through educational programs. Okay, Discipleship programs. We need to have different programs throughout the church. We meet uh, Wednesday night. My pastor, we meet at the men's study right now, and we're learning solid doctrinal principles okay providing opportunity for christians to serve in the various roles well you know what we announce it every single time we announce it all the time okay if you want to get involved in this i will gladly not be behind uh the computers if i have i have an individual he's a friend of mine i consider him a really good friend uh he's new coming to the faith okay i'm training him on how to get behind the computer and function that way I absolutely love it, and I want to keep it going that way. Okay, I love the guy. Uh, shout out to Christopher. Boom, I see you. So, but that's my point, is we need to provide opportunities for these people in, in these roles. Okay, congregation's goal will require the fulfillment of individual goals. Okay, does a church have a goal for growth? It requires teachers and others to minister to the flock. What goals do you have set for our church members to grow spiritually? What goals do we have? How do we have that set up? Are we setting up goals for our church, for our members? I don't know, but maybe you should. Maybe we should have a plan in place. How are we training our individuals to get spiritually growth? Do we have these groups? And instead of just talk, 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 why don't we set up the plan? Why don't we have a goal? Why don't we, as church, as believers, as, as leaders in our church, and if you're not a leader in the church, go up to the pastors. Like, hey, I have a question. Do we have this kind of program? Okay. 
And maybe you are that individual that is, wow, I, I, I'm volunteering. I, I can do that program. Okay. Maybe that's what we're looking for. That's what exactly what we're looking for. We're looking for people who want to be involved, who want to be there and say, Hey, here I am. Choose me. I want to do, I want to be part of that. Okay. So does your church have a goal for growth? Okay. If you don't get one, start working on a goal. How do we get church growth? Okay. Work on that one. And it requires teachers and others. Okay. Does a church have a goal for spreading the gospel? Okay. What are we doing? Okay. We have online, we have TV show, we have radio shows. Okay. That's what we do. We, we have an online presence. Okay. That's how we spread the word. That's how our church spreads word. Okay. We have Sunday services. Okay. My pastor speaks all over the place. He gets asked to speak all over the place. Okay. As guest speakers, as keynote speakers, we have a conference every year. So, uh, it requires a, pe- a preacher, uh, and those who will support them. Okay. We need individuals that are going to go out and, and, and share the faith. Okay. And if it means I have to make up uh, flyers for people to go out and share them, well, you know what? That's what we're going to do. Okay. Okay. And if we desire to grow individually, we benefit greatly with the help of congregational goals. Okay. So we need to have these programs. So the challenge for reaching our congregational goals. Okay. I'm a little over, but it depends heavily upon the cooperation of all the members. Okay. We've all got to be on board. We can't just have two or three people going, yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that. No, we need to be involved. Okay. And we are not limited. Okay. We are not united in the need for, if we are not united in the spiritual growth, it is unlikely that we're going to set congregational goals that will nourish these goals. So we need to be united as a congregation to uh, whatever decision we make uh, and say, are we, are we going to try to expand to a second or third uh, service and are we going to look at a, uh, a Wednesday night service uh, or whatever starting this program whatever program it is uh, we need to have other people in the church that are behind it because guess what they're going to be the ones that are going to be supporting this so we need we need that support we need that encouragement okay if we are not growing individually any congregational goals will likely be unmet so we need to grow individually we need to be in God's word every single day and continually be in his word and growing in his word. Because if we're not meeting our individual goals, we're not going to meet our congregational goals. Okay. This is what church growth is all about. This is spiritual growth. This is not the, Ooh, how many rear ends can I get stuck in a pew? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about uh, maturity, spiritual maturity, spiritual growth. That's what I'm talking about. And if we desire to grow as a congregation, we need to be growing as individuals and set our goals to allow such a thing to happen. So in conclusion, and you're probably thinking, whew. Anyways, spiritual growth requires a setting and obtaining goals. So as a, as a church body, as a church, as leaders, we need to sit down. What are our goals in this church? Okay. Okay. We're going to set their goals. And how do we, how do we go about, we, we've set our goals. These are things that I, these are milestones that I want to reach next year. Okay. How do we get, we've set the goals. This is where I, where I, where I want to be. How do I get there? Okay. 
This is really important as leaders. Individuals must have both behavioral and functional goals. Okay. I want to change my behavior. I want to, I want to have my, that renewed mind, but I also want to say, how can I help in what areas, what, in what functional areas in the church can I, can I help? And if I don't have the skill or if I just need it honed a little bit, okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to get there? Okay. Both individuals and congregations must have similar goals. We can't have a church that are like, oh yeah, I have a couple of people that, oh, I really want to see this, this huge second or third service, but everyone's like, eh, nah, not so much. I'm like, no, we've got to be on the same page. Okay. As we obtain our goals as individuals and as congregations, Christ A will be glorified. And as disciples and as members of the whole of this body, we will become what he desires us to be. He needs to be the focus. Okay. He absolutely needs to be the focus in everything that we do. He needs to be center. Okay. Don't forget that. Christ has to be the center of whatever decision we make. Okay. Keep that in mind. Okay. And if we desire to grow spiritually, then we need to set and strive for behavioral functional and congregational goals behavioral yeah i want to change renew renewed mind okay i need to get behind whatever and we need to really do this in the church thing okay and then we need to get functional okay we need individuals who have talent and we need to put them to be, put them to work get them busy okay and if they need help in error we need to get behind them and encourage them and help them develop those skills that's going to edify the body, okay? And the goals, and then the congregational goals, okay? What are we going to do as a church body, okay? Are we going to grow? How are we going to reach our community, okay? These are goals that we need to do, and that will inspire us to go into the right direction. Okay, I went a little over today, but that's okay. I wanted to finish that. And I wanted to, to, to knock out this, this spiritual growth and what this spiritual growth really means. And, and I think my wife and I are talking about the, the discipleship. We're really kind of focusing on this discipleship. Now we're honing in on, uh, we're realizing how important discipleship is, not just at home in our own personal lives, but uh, as a church body. Discipleship is huge because we can see that there's that need out there. Uh, but again, we, we look at 20% of the people doing 80% of the work. So my goal is to get out there and, and trying to identify uh, individuals that are, uh, that are talented, that are leadership material, so to say. And if, and if they're not quite like these big bull leaders, do they have that talent just that just needs to be developed? Well, that's the idea behind discipleship. And I think it's important that we continue this and really focus on growing spiritually. So I think this new year, we had a lot of, a lot of uh, strain these last couple of years. Okay. Uh, however you want to look at what's went on since 2019 uh but it, it it definitely has taken a toll on people spiritually and has divided a lot and i can see where there's a lot of mending and there's a lot of building that need to 
come back. And, and I think the, the spiritual growth, I think it's huge. And I think it's something that we, we need to really look at and we need to really hone in and, uh, and put Christ first back into the driver's seat of our lives and not just be kind of like a co-pilot. Uh, he needs to be the driver and we need to be in the trunk and just like, you know what, God, I'm just, I'm here. I'm following you and everything. Uh, so it's really important again to set these goals. And if you have, and if you're not talented in a certain area, you know what? I don't know if any amount of, of, of training and all that's going to help. God knows what your, your talents are and we need to really hone in those talents and uh god's good and he, he's going to be there and he's going to encourage you to do to do the right thing uh but get involved get involved in your church because not only will it help the congregation as a whole it's going to help you as an individual to grow spiritually and i encourage you to get into a small group in your church if you don't have one then you know what? Look into it. Develop one. Talk to your pastor and say, hey, well, we need these small groups because that's where you, you start growing and then move away from uh, the clicking, the clicks like in school or whatever. Move away from those. And once individuals get to a certain point, have like a year program, have a good curriculum. Uh, that's important. Have a really good structured curriculum that you know exactly what you're going to do uh, throughout the week. You set a time to meet at the end of the week and go over all these things okay and talk as a group and then encourage one another pray for one another and then start again next week and then once you go through the program you know what you move on and what start another group okay and continue this on and that's what god wants us to do uh until later peace out love you guys Welcome to Biblical Insights. I'm your host, Pat Fisk. This is where God's word is proclaimed, and we are definitely unashamed. We tackle issues that are trying to steer our culture away from God. As we watch TV, whether it's the news or one of our favorite shows, the goal, it appears, is to not just entertain us anymore, but the goal is to indoctrinate us. God's word is clear. The Christian voice is being silenced, or so they wish. Tolerance is no longer tolerable. It's time to take a stand and be the voice we're meant to have. Sit down, buckle up. It's going to get bumpy, so hold on. Let's go.